them in uh, to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be reading verse 3 to 20. Last time we were here, last time I was here, up here, we discussed the sexual immorality of this passage. Uh, tonight we will discuss something else. Um, I'm reading from the, I put NIV, but that's my bad. I'm going to be reading from the CEV, Contemporary English Version. So if you read along, so you won't be confused, but there's not so many changes, just different. You are God's people, so don't let it be said that any of you are immoral or indecent or greedy. Don't use dirty or foolish or filthy words. Instead, say how thankful you are. Being greedy, indecent, or immoral is just another way of worshiping idols. You can be sure that people who behave in this way will never be part of the kingdom that belongs to Christ and to God. Verse 6, don't let anyone trick you, in, trick you with foolish talk. God punishes everyone who disobeys Him and says foolish things. So don't have anything to do with anyone like that. Verse 8, so you used to be like people, you used to be like people living in the dark. But now you are people of the light because you belong to the Lord. So act like people of the light and make your light shine. Be good and honest and truthful as you try to please the Lord. Don't take part in doing those worthless things that are done in the dark. Instead, show how wrong they are. It is disgusting even to talk about what is done in the dark. But the light will show what these things are really like. Light shows up everything. Just as the scriptures say, Wake up from your sleep and rise from, the death, from death, then Christ will shine on you. Act like people with good sense and not like fools. These are evil times, so make every minute count. Don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. Don't destroy yourself by getting drunk, but let the Spirit fill your life. When you meet together, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs as you praise the Lord with all your heart. Always use the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to thank God the Father for everything. This is the Word of God. Praise Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you once again for another day that we are able to praise you with our lips and sing the songs that was prepared by our praise and worship team. We thank you for this building that you've given to us, Father God. We pray, Father, as you have prepared our hearts earlier, now we pray, Father, that you open our minds so that we will be able to receive with humility the message that you want us to hear and learn. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins, Lord God, and help us, Father, live for you live our lives that are pleasing to you. We are grateful for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. Now, Father, we ask for salvation for those who have still not accepted you as their Lord. We pray for their souls, Father, and may their hearts be open for you tonight. Father, let the Holy Spirit, Father, guide us and teach us tonight. We surrender everything to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I entitled our message, Incompatible Again, Part 2. This is Part 2. There's three points tonight, um, like last time. There's the problem, there's the command, and there's the reason. So the first part is there's the problem. In verse 7, if you guys didn't see it, it says there, Therefore, do not become their partners. Whose partners? If you see in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, it reads, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now, it's not difficult to see that the world isn't what 
the Word of God want, designed it to be originally, correct? It's not, it's, it's not difficult to see that. It's quite easy to know that the world we live in is against God's Word. Amen? Some of you still need convincing, right? No, we know it. We know it. We know that the, this world is not designed for God and His people. So there is a great reminder in a very small verse that says, Therefore, do not become their partners. Partners. Or the, the other version says partakers. Now the definition of partner, it, partner is, we don't usually use partakers. We always use partner, right? And, and the definition of partner um, is, is, I'll just give you the, the synonyms. It's you're an ally, you're the playmate, you're a companion, you're the colleague, you're a cohort, you're a participant, and you're an accomplice. Those are all synonyms of the word partner. So if God, through Paul, reminds us Christians to not become partners with the world, How are we supposed to live then? Now, do not confuse you wanting to share the gospel to other people, the unbelievers. Obviously, you have to spend time with them. Obviously, you have to create a relationship with them, correct? Because your goal is to share the gospel with them, correct? But what Paul is telling, he, telling us here is we are not to be participating in their drunkenness in their drinking parties I, I this is this is the problem god wanted me to really pause here because there is a great problem here because we think we have rationalized the word of god do do you believe in the, the everything that's written down in the, the bible yes vince believes it who else believes it Everybody, I think almost everybody believes in every word that's written down in the Bible. Did you miss it? I said every word that's written down in the Bible. But this is, this is the problem. When we rationalize one word, one verse, like, oh, I don't really need. I, it's okay for me to partner with him because he's cute or she's good-looking, I can bring him or her to Christ. Right? Well, but there's a clear instruction there. Do not be partners. Why? Because this is, this is what they're made of. This is what, this is, this is what they're doing. Imagine if you're going to marry an unbeliever, Christian. You are a child of God. Amen? And your father is the... God the Father, right? So you marry an unbeliever and they're the child of the devil. Now who's your father-in-law? <laughs> oh my gosh. We always talk about nightmare mother-in-laws, but we marry in, we partner in with, with the child of the devil. And then we think, and then we wonder why our lives are in trouble, why our ministries are failing, why are we not moving and growing for the Lord? Because we have chosen to partner with the world. Now, partnering is just not in the marriage part. Partnering is with everything. We Christians are not to partner with the world when it comes to God's work. Building fund building fund when we try to raise building funds that that's for us believers to gather our funds so that we can build god's building we are not to reach out to the other side the world for help that makes sense when when covid hit the government offered help for churches just in case the churches could not make their rent and their lease the government said hey if you want some money let us know and we'll give it to you 
That's partnering with the world. We didn't do that. Because there are many obedient believers when it comes to their giving in this church. There was a decline in giving, but there were still, God still provided. Amen? If you believe in every word that's written down, you believe in all those promises, amen? You believe it? You believe it? Do you believe that God provides for all your needs? So why do you worry? So why worry? Oh, kasi pastor. Yeah. No. There's, there's, there's the trusting in the word of God. In every written command there. Here's a quote from A.W. Tozer. Whenever you see confusion, you can be sure that something is wrong. Disorder in the world implies that something is out of place. Usually at the heart of all disorder, you will find a man in rebellion against God. It began in the Garden of Eden and continues to this day. Do you guys understand that Satan, our enemy, is the master, the father of lies. Do you understand, or do you remember, or have you forgotten that even in the beginning, in, in Genesis, right? The beginning of this world, he lied to Adam and Eve. You know what he lied about? He lied to them that whatever they have isn't enough. Adam and Eve had everything you can ask for. But Satan was good to do what? He pointed them to the one thing that they cannot have. That one thing that they cannot have. So, what did they do? Oh my gosh. There's 9,999 other fruit trees. But yeah, why can I not have that one tree? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's how Satan is. He will point you to something that you do not have. You're attracted to another person's wife or person's husband because he's pointing it to you. And you're not seeing you're faithful, you're loving, the person that's been there for you for many years, loving spouse. You think your life stinks because you don't have the bigger house that you want. But you're forgetting that you, do, you have your children that are healthy. You're depressed because you have not gotten that, that promotion. Well, you're forgetting that you have a, such a great God that's provided for you in your career that you have everything you need. Satan is good to point out what you don't have. Satan is good to point that out. And Satan is good to point out you know what? If you partner with the devil, you will have all things. Now, he doesn't say it that way, right? It's a business partner who you know is not a Christian, but you say, but you know, he's so intelligent. He's such a successful businessman. I'm going to partner with him. And then he makes compromises once you partnered up. And now your name is also tainted once it gets exposed. And the Bible says, right, a great name is better than silver and gold. But no, because you didn't want to listen to that one simple, one simple thing. Because greed took over you. Because, because lust took over you. John 8, 40 to 47, this is Jesus, our Lord, speaking. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Is that what I have there? We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would have loved me. For I have come, from, come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong 
This is 8.44, John 8.44. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? If Jesus is telling the truth, why don't we believe him? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So tell me, church, how can you be partners with people like that? You are now charged with this. If you've never came across this, this is the truth in the word. God's word. God is telling us we are not to be partners with them. Single people, stop looking at the attractive profile pictures. That's not how you determine who the best husband will be. Oh, he has a six-pack. Ooh, yeah. I don't care if he's not a Christian. Oh, she dresses well. She's beautiful, with or without makeup. Stop looking at the physical part of things Start praying for God's best for you. And God's best for you will never be not a Christian. I'm not even going to ask for an amen. Because I know some of you are still trying to swallow that in. Because you know why? Your father-in-law will be the devil. If you belong to God, you have to hear what God is saying. You are not to be partners. You are not to be partners. We are not to be partners. With the world we are against god we are against them they are the enemy the, the the world is the enemy of god if we belong to god they belong to the devil there's no partnership there there's no partnership there somebody's probably thinking they're wild pastor such his his encouraging division no i'm not i'm telling you the truth that's written down there is separation between God and the devil. There is separation between God's people and the devil's people. And the instruction, folks, is that we do not partner. We are not to get drunk, number one, even on our own, but we are not to even more get drunk with them. We are not to go do the parties that they're doing. We are not to be included in those things. We are not to partner with them. Is it so hard? Maybe, because our church, our, our, our friends at church are what? Too boring for you? <laughs> oh man, I don't like those guys, man. They're so good. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> They're still fun, you know, with control. <laughs> I don't like the girls at church. Why not? Because you're looking at the, the, the physical aspect of things. You know, many, many have missed their God's best for them because they were looking at the physical aspect of things. I'm telling you, you miss that wife material, that, that, the perfect wife that God was giving you because you didn't like how she looks. You miss that husband that God wanted for you that truly loves Jesus because you did like his belly. <laughs> no six-pack. God says we are not to partner with the world because this is what the world is made of. We are to share the gospel to the lost. Can you, bring, can you reconcile those two thoughts with me right now? I'm not telling you not to share the gospel. You are to share the gospel, but you, for, for you to, to share the gospel, you have to know who's not a Christian. Amen? Amen? There's discernment, folks. There's discernment that you need to exercise. There's discernment that you need. So for you to know who's not a Christian and share the gospel to them, you cannot date them. I know in Filipino we call it evangeligao. Ah, right, right. I evangelized and I legal. Ah, yeah, yeah. You be my wife. You be my husband. Right? 
Look here, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. If you're still not convinced that the problem is that we have an enemy and there is a big part, look at this, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The God who rules the world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They cannot see the light, which is the good news about our glorious Christ who shows what God is like. The enemy is out there to get you. Surprise. I know some of us, we already know this. Like, I know this, Pastor Joe. Good, good. So how do you combat the enemy with your five-minute prayer? How do you fight the enemy with your two-minute reading? How do you fight the enemy and expect to be victorious against the enemy when you come to church every now and then? And you pray every now and then? When it's comfortable for you, when it's convenient, when the sun is not out, when it's raining, I'll go to church. But when the sun is out, I'll be at Tahoe or California. Guys, this should really bring out a concern for us. You see this? The God of this world is blinding these this unbelievers. So you're going to start dating that, believer, that, that person? that's blinded from the truth of the word, that everything that you believe in, they don't believe in? What influence do you think is going to happen? There's an illustration here. I, I did not have time to do it, but at the same time, I'm glad I didn't because I want to get it dirty. If you buy brand new socks today, tonight, when you come out, you get out of the church, buy brand new socks from Walmart, put them on, Okay, put them on, go to your front yard, preferably the muddy part of your backyard or your front yard, and try to walk with those brand new socks to your muddy part, muddy lawn, and see if your lawn will turn white. <laughs> right? What's going to happen? Our brand new white socks will become muddy. It will be dirty. But you know what? We think if we date the unbeliever, we can turn them. If we go to this drinking party with our friends, because Jesus drank wine with unbelievers too, so I can do the same thing. You know, Jesus did drink. He, said he did hang out with, the, with, with those people. But I'm telling you, Jesus did not get drunk. There's nothing... In the word that says Jesus got drunk with unbelievers. No. And Jesus' one main purpose, just like his whole life, was to do God's will. And do you think it is God's will that Jesus, oh, wait, you know what kind of wine do you guys have there? No. Jesus' goal was to save the lost. If that is not your goal, and I tell you, 90% of the time, you're probably, that's probably not your goal. 90% of the time, you're probably wanting to get drunk too. So how are we to partner with them? Therefore, do not become their partners. Therefore, do not become their partners. This is the command from the Word of God. Look at 2 Timothy 3.5. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. There are people that present themselves as if they love God. They are professed Christians. They're professing that they're Christians. They're, they're, they're doing all the religious things, but they're not living it out. And what's the command? I have nothing to do with such people. But why have we rationalized it? Because what? Because it's boring to be good? It's more... It, it satisfies our flesh more if we partner with the, with the world. Yeah, pastor, they party better than us. <laughs> Probably if you have not changed your definition of partying in a good time, right? If it's still getting drunk, having sex with strangers, yeah, fine. That's probably what's fun for you. But there is a different fun. When you are a new creation, your mind is changed, your heart is changed. And the definition of fun for you no longer should, should no longer be the same as the world's definition of fun. 
And finding that, that husband, looking for that wife, looking for that boyfriend or girlfriend, must be not just a Christian, folks. Not just a Christian. Because anybody can call themselves a Christian. Look at that. Having the form of godliness. Having that name tag. I belong to FICF. But it's not, it's not that. It's not that. It ha they have to love Jesus Christ. They have to love Jesus Christ. They, it just can't be lip service. You have to be able to see it. You know why? They're going to give you so much problems. Dating an unbeliever will give you so much problems. Just ask Anna. <laughs> ask her what kind of hell I brought her to. And I'm not joking around with that. I did... I gave her a lot of heartaches. I gave her a lot of problems. Now, somebody just heard that and they said, Whoa, look at you. You dated, Anna dated you and you're an unbeliever. So it can happen. So now you're a pastor. See, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah, you're focusing on the exemption. You have to focus on the general rule. The general rule will always keep you safe. God's commands are not there to make our lives boring. God's commands are there to protect us. To protect us. You don't want God's protection? Go ahead, disobey Him. And see what happens. Because God loves you and God will discipline those who are His. That's what the Bible says. Amen? 2 Corinthians 6, 14-16. This is the CEV version. The temple of the living God. Stay away from people who are not followers of the Lord. How do we translate that? Stay away from people who are not followers of the Lord. I think that's simple enough. <laughs> Can someone who is good get along with someone who is evil? Are light and darkness the same? Is Christ a friend of Satan? Can people who follow the Lord have anything in common with those who don't? Do idols belong in the temple of God? We are the temple of the living God. As God himself, himself, himself says, I will live with these people and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Church, it cannot be clearer than this. Amen? And from those of us, for those of us who have disobeyed this command, we know. Amen? Some know. We, some of us know, right? It's better to be walking ever so closely with God because that way you are not just being protected from consequences, but you are being blessed by Him because that's what God wants. Like a, like a parent who loves their children and who wants to constantly bless them, that's God's plan. Do you guys realize that? We all know it, right? God's plan is to, always, to, is to always bless His people, to always bless His children. But God will not bless His children if they're sinning. Because God's blessing will be the opposite. God's blessing will be the discipline itself. So that we learn, so that we turn, so that we come back. Because we are created for His pleasure. Amen? You guys remember Samson and Delilah? Samson and Delilah, Judges 6, 46. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how we can tie you up and subdue you. <laughs> Samson fell in love to the wrong girl. <laughs> Imagine with that great strength that he had, right? His weakness was a girl, not even a noble girl, a prostitute. And she was quite clear with her intentions, right? Give me the secret of your strength. Amen. 
so we can tie you up and subdue you. Yeah, he denied it, right? He lied about it many times, right? About three times. Well, on the fourth time, because, you know, if you've been married, you know what that means, right? <laughs> They're not going to stop. You might as well give it. <laughs> Partner with an unbeliever, and this is what's going to happen. Girls, single girls, if you date an unbelieving man, they're just going to try to get into your pants. That's what they're going to do. They're going to lie about everything else. And once they get what they truly wanted, they're done with you. They're going to break your heart. You're going to cry. You're going to suffer the consequences. Is that clear enough? I know it's too blunt, but that's what it is. If you marry an unbeliever, you probably cannot move forward with certain ministries because they're pulling you down. They're saying, no, I don't understand that. No, I cannot take that. No, that's not good. That's stupid. Why are you even doing that? They're pulling you, pulling you, pulling you. And you can't move forward. And then you wonder, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor. You do. You do know. So this is a great reminder for us, right? Because it was a clear command to Samson and to us, right? Look at Exodus 34, 15. Do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. Verse 16, and when you take some of their daughters as brides for your sons, their daughters will prostitute themselves to their gods and cause your sons to do the same. Is this clear? This is the clear command that Samson decided to break. Right? And, 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 <laughs> what was that? And then what happened? He was caught. He lost his strength. But God's so merciful. Right? so gracious to Samson that he was still able to destroy his enemies despite his clear disobedience. Christians, God will see you through. God will see us through through our mistakes. But why even go through that journey? Why even go through it that way? If you can go and, and follow God in the clear path that he has written down, now, that's really a, a question for you to, to, to ask yourself. Why do I even have to take the left part when God already said, take the right? It's just like having a GPS and you want to argue with it. Turn left, no. Turn left now, no. Fine, stupid, be lost. Right? People of God, now there's a reason. This is the reason. Why are Christians not supposed to partner up with the world, with an unbeliever? 8.11 says, tells us, you used to be like people living in the dark, but now you are people of the light because you belong to the Lord. So act like people of the light and make your light shine. Make your light shine. Be good and honest, truthful as you try to please the Lord. Don't take part in doing those worthless things that are done in the dark. Instead, show how wrong they are. How can we show them that they're wrong if we're involved in the wrong? Right? How? Really? You know, you know the, the, the worst thing is, is, because the Bible says, do not be friends with people who are, are quick to get in trouble. The ones that are always mad, don't be friends with them because they will bring you to trouble. Well, what do we do? If we're not the troublemakers, we, we like those friends. And then they get in trouble. And then when they get caught and we're around, what's the, what's the thing? Guilty by association. Right? There's those two charges, guilty by association and an accomplice. <laughs> right? It's... It, there's always a thing. We are to show them what's wrong with what they're doing by us telling them that, you know what, I used to do that, but now God has changed my heart. Um, God has changed me, has saved me. I, I can't do this anymore. 
um, happy birthday. Maybe we can do a Taco Bell or something. That's the hardest part, is if it's your friend's birthday and they're unbelievers, right? And they're like, oh, come on, have a drink with us. And then you go, and you said, I'm going to hear, I'm here to evangelize. I'm here to evangelize. I'm going to share Jesus. I'm going to share Jesus. And they said, take a shot for me. It's my birthday. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm here to share Jesus. I'm here to share Jesus. I'm here to share. Where's the salt? <laughs> All right? If, if we look at the Bible as everything that's written down there, it's true. It's all true. But then when you start rationalizing one thing, say, well, I think partnering with the unbeliever is okay. I think that's just outdated. Right? It, it, the, the illustration is this. It's like you go to the jungle and now you're surrounded by lions. You're surrounded by lions. And then you say, uh, you know, I saw the movie Lion King, and they're really not that bad. They're not going to eat me. I don't believe they want to hurt me. Surrounded by lions, and you're rationalizing that they're not going to eat you, that they're not going to hurt you, that's just like you surrounding yourselves with unbelievers in a party that you know it's about to go down, and you're just there like, yeah, I'm here to share the gospel. I'm here to share the gospel. And then all of a sudden, you're just drinking, not sharing the gospel. And they're wondering, man, was he really saved, dude? Matthew 5, 14 to 16, this is Jesus telling us, you are the light of the world. Christians, you are the light of the world. This world is dark. There's so many evil things. We read it, right? And it's happening in front of us. You don't even need social media anymore. It's just happening in front of you, left and right. We don't know how many sexes, genders there are now, according to them, right? And then you argue with them, and it's an act of violence. Oh my gosh, you, you just dis, they disarm you. But you are the light of the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, the, on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? That's the reason. That's the reason, church. It's because you are not to stay saved. It's because you're saved. That's why you want to be the light of the world. They're in the dark. You're the only light that they have. And you're going to fall with them because you cannot understand and you gave in. You rationalize things. It is disgusting even to talk about what is done in the dark. I put this here because I like that. It is disgusting even to talk about what is done in the dark. If you don't see what the, how the world lives as disgusting, then you have a long way to go as a Christian. Because if you, have still, if you are still exercising or living a life that is your old life, a sinful life, those are the th same things. Those are the same things that put Jesus on the cross. And you don't find it disgusting? You still find it okay to do? It's still okay to do? You still have fun doing that? You still enjoy doing it? And those are the same sins that put Christ on the cross. But the light will show that these things, what these things are really like. Light shows up everything. Just as the scriptures say, wake up from your sleep and rise from the death. From death. Now, he, 
exhorts us, Paul exhorts us in verse 15, act like people with good sense. You see, Christians, you need to have not just common sense, but good sense. Not like fools. You already know what's going down, especially for the older folks like me. We already know what's going down, right? You cannot tell me, Pastor, I didn't know. Shut up, you did. I'm tired. I'm tired of, of, of when they say, Pastor, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Be honest, because when you become, when you start being honest, that's when God will start healing you. Stop lying. Say, I like to still do this sin, so I got in trouble. Good. That's, that's a start. Now we can work on something here. We're on, we're on even kill here. Let's confess this sin, and then we'll see what the Bible says about that, and then how can you work through it. These are evil times, so make every minute count. Guys, it's October what? Four. October <laughs> what? It's October three. Alright. <laughs> what have you done for the Lord? The 2021. How have you walked your life this whole 2021? How has your relationship with him been? How's your prayer life been? How's your reading been? How's you sharing the gospel been? How's your walk been? Because I'm pretty sure when January started, you said, I'm going to turn things around this year. This is the year. This is the year. This is the day that the Lord has made. Right? It's October 3. Make every minute count. See, in Paul's time, evils were t the times were evil. Up to now, did it get any better? No, it just got faster. Life and evil in this life just got faster. You can watch porn on your phone faster. Because before you have to go through those, those, those rental places, right? You have to buy those magazines, right? But now you can just do it on your phone. Check it out on your phone or the internet. It made things faster for you to sin and fall away from God. It made things faster because cars are faster now. Right? Before you have to commute, now you drive. You go to your sin. I mean, the world is just crumbling in front of us. And we're good to say it on Facebook, like, oh, this world is so evil. Yeah. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Because you're the light of the world. You're supposed to expose it, right? But then more than exposing it too, you are supposed to live according to God's word, which is opposite of how they're living. Uh, like this verse, it says, don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. Do you know what the Lord wants you to do? You do? Are you doing it? If you say, I don't, I don't, well, be free. are you reading his word? That's probably where you're probably going to find it, right? But really, you know that the world is of the devil, and everything that goes around in the world is against God's word, but then you're not praying, you're not reading, you're not, how are you going to know? How are you going to battle? Are you still sitting on the bench? It's time to play. It's time to get involved. It's time to get into the battles. Whether you lose or not, it's time to really realize that you are the light of the world. Don't destroy yourself by getting drunk, but let the Spirit fill your life. Now, getting drunk is just like we're thinking alcohol right away, but there's other things that you can get drunk with, right? Drugs, sex, um, greed and money. You're drunk with your money, drunk with your success. But we are to fill our lives with the Spirit. Not because you leaked the Spirit, you know, like, oh, I lost the Spirit there. No, you have to fill yourself with the Spirit. Because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is one thing, 
But be filled with the Holy Spirit is what we do, what happens when we're praying to Him, when we're reading His Word, we're spending time with Him. When we spend time with Him, we're just not asking for things from Him. We're spending time with Him. Amen? They're like, Pastor, we get it, man. Go to the next slide. When you meet together, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs as you praise the Lord with all your heart. Do you do this with all your heart? Or is this like a religion? Is that there? Is this like a religion thing? When you come here, is this a burden for you to come? Or when you come here, is this like, I'm here to worship God who saw me through the trouble I was in yesterday. I'm here to worship God who saw my parents get out of that trouble that they were in. Now they're back together. I'm here to worship God who healed me. I'm here to praise Him. I'm here to praise God who has given me the life that I have that I could not even imagine in my wildest dreams. I'm here. That's why I'm going to sing those, those, those songs. Who am I? That the Lord... I'm going to stop. <laughs> I might sing. Always use the name of the Lord, our Jesus Christ, to thank God for everything. See, Satan, I, I said earlier, right? Satan is good to point out what you don't have. But point out what you don't have. You have a nice car, but you don't have a Tesla. <laughs> you have a Tesla, but you don't have the newer Tesla. That's about to be released. You have a wife, but you don't have a child. You have a child, but you didn't, don't have her child. <laughs> right? It's, Satan is always good to point out what you don't have. But God is telling us, thank him for everything. For everything that you have. Thank you for everything. Amen? Amen? Thank you for everything. Now our lives, our lives must reflect the glory, the power, and the love of God. In John 5.14, it reads, Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something worse may happen to you. This is, this is the paralyzed man that Jesus met by the, by the pool of Bethesda. And then he said, go. And then he saw him later and he said, stop sinning. Right? And then look at, look at the, remember the, the, woman, the woman that was condemned to, de to be stoned to death? And this is what Jesus said when he asked her, have anyone condemned you? And she said, no one, sir, she said then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. See, Jesus saved us from the consequences of our sins. Amen? He died on the cross and paid for it all. But He doesn't tell us, He never will tell us, to go ahead, keep on sinning. Because it doesn't say anything, right? Everybody that He saved, everybody that He healed, He says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. And us partnering with the world makes us want to sin. That's just the truth. Us involving ourselves in the world will make us, because this world wants us to sin. Satan wants us to sin. Because once you sin, you're discouraged. Once you fall, you're discouraged. You're not going to be useless. You're going to go through this guilt trip and you're going to say, oh man, I'm not worth it. I cannot share the gospel now because I'm a hypocrite. Right? That, that's what sin does. And that's what that Satan wants for, for us, to, to disable us, to paralyze us, to take away our joy. Aren't you tired of, taking, of your joy going away? In Luke 18, this is the last one. Remember the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler told Jesus, how do, I, uh, how do I gain eternal life? How do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, do everything that's good. And he said, I've done that ever since I was younger. When Jesus told him, right, do all the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. Now give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these things, in verse 21, he says in Luke 18, he says, all these things I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. 
sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 23, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. There's many things, there's many things that we can give, can give up for God. But the hardest things that we want to give to Him or give up for Him are the things that are truly, have truly captivated our hearts. Some it's, some it's sex, some it's, it's success, for some it's, it's, uh, it's a love relationship with someone who's not a believer, some it's money. Many of us cannot follow God completely because we cannot give up money. Idols, right? There are, those are the idols in our lives. And you see, if you want to review it, go, go to Luke 18. I read verse 18 to 25. Go see there if there's a verse 26 that reads, then Jesus went after him and said, oh, come back. Maybe you can be partners with us because you have a lot of money. Maybe you can pay for the ministry because we got a lot of work to do. No. Jesus didn't bother. Jesus didn't ask. Jesus told him what he needs to give up so he can be part of the kingdom. Us, church, we're being told the one thing the one thing that we're being told tonight is we are to give up the partnership with the world. Amen? We are not to yoke with them. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message tonight. We thank you for your people, Father, who are here to receive it. I pray now, Lord, for their hearts to be completely and utterly for you. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have fallen. Forgive us for the times that we have chosen to live for ourselves instead of living for you. Father, I pray for healing for those who are sick, Father God, both physically and spiritually. I pray, Lord, for broken relationships that have been caused by our sins, by their sins, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you intervene in those relationships and, and restore them. I pray, Father, for guidance for the parents I pray for wisdom for them. I pray for humility and wisdom for the children, Lord God. I pray for this church family, Lord God, that we will all grow. We will all grow in our relationship with you, that we will all serve you for your pleasure, not ours. We love you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing hymn.